Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10, Episode 5, titled The Bossy Rossi Show. My name is Taylor the Latte Boy, and I am joined, as always, by one very patient co-host. From the podcast. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You have to read the script. I am not reading One Fat Disgusting Pig. I'm sorry, that's not happening. From the podcast Catching Up, please say... Look at me. I'm a sexy baby. <laughs> to, to Joe Batance. Hello, Taylor Latte Boy. Wow, you sound better than ever. Yeah, I can't I'm believe feeling you. great right now. I uh. can't believe you were gone for two weeks of illness. You sound like refreshed, like a new man. Yes, I'm totally like like a, like a spring flower, just ready to bloom. And <laughs> oh god. So yeah, no, I uh, I I a little behind the scenes thing. I'm having a coughing fit right now, right before we went on, mm-hmm. and. Like, to the point of where my husband is doing the, just tell him you can't do it. Just tell him. And I'm like, I can't tell him a minute before that we're not doing the show tonight. So I'm here. I needed a couple of moments. I look a hot mess right now. But I am finally back with all of you loyal, wonderful fans of this show about mm-hmm. another show about men in dresses. How are you, Joe? I'm doing very well. You know, it's so funny that you're Mr. Everyone should know that, like, I haven't had a, a webcam pl- plugged into my computer in two weeks because, or three weeks, because Taylor is the one that insists on webcams. Today, Taylor's the one hiding behind no webcam. My ugly mug is there in my visage, my gross visage. You can't see me? No. Why can't you see me? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, so I sign in, and this Taylor is like, ah, oh. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, Are you okay? Can you give everyone an update? Because I'm sure everyone who's listening, I mean, obviously explain as much as you want to explain, but do you, can you tell everyone at home what's been going on with you? They haven't heard you in, in you know, well, weeks. Well, I was getting these weird packages, these packages of fresh donuts from Washington, D.C., that I kept eating regularly (laughs) because I love donuts. Uh And what I found out was that there was arsenic in the jelly. So I ended up going to the hospital with poisoning, and that allowed for Evan to take my place for a couple of weeks. Yeah, Evan's from D.C., Taylor. Oh, that's right. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting that you put those two facts together. Yeah. Um, uh, All kidding aside, I had my gallbladder out about – Going on almost two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I have had uh, several complications, um, not not the least of which is the main uh, wound uh, site is currently infected. So I have to do like packing, like gauze packing and gross stuff like that uh, daily. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but for those of you out there that buy expensive medical supplies let me give you a little hint that the nurse at the surgeon's office told me all right this is this show's started off in a really good way go ahead yeah no this is started off in a really really good way um she said you can buy the gauze and then change out the gauze every once in a while but what i recommend is maxi pads Mm -hmm. so for the last couple of days at night i strap a maxi pad to my stomach and then if there is any blood or anything like that it absorbs into that and i don't have to worry about ruining my sheets or like rolling over and something gross and all that kind of thing so that is what i have been doing the last couple of days 
Right now, I'm thinking currently about all the 13 to 25-year-olds who listen to our show who are <laughs> going, like, what the fuck? Is going on this old, this old guy talking about having organs removed from him and everything? Well, it reminds me of whenever I, you know, I, uh, whenever have you ever, have you ever cruised by this me TV or antenna TV and they show like old TV shows? No, but I mean, I've, I'm familiar with channels like that. Yeah, yeah, my parents love it. And when you ever watch these channels, like if they're, if they're watching an episode of Gomer Pyle, right, and then they go to commercial, it's always like you know, uh, special bathtubs. And life alert and reverse mortgages, reverse mortgages, and, and, and all and these purchase diff- gold, yeah, yeah and different yeah, medications. All- That's what this episode is starting to sound like. It's starting to sound like, <laughs> um, hot tip for anyone out there <laughs> if you purchase, strap a Kotex to your midsection. And it'll save you money on that expansive medical gauze. Now, let me ask you this. This is the important question. Everyone, you know, everyone has this on their mind. When was the last time you had sex with your husband? Uh, it, okay, this all happened the day. No, wait. The day of. Because he went to Japan. He was in Japan for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And this, he, we picked him up from the airport at like 8 o'clock. And this happened at 2 in the morning. But in between eight and two, we managed to get a little uh, uh, time in. And then I got sick, which Mm -hmm. about a year ago, excuse me, we had sex and then I got a kidney stone. And he was convinced Mm -hmm. that he knocked something loose, which is he was responsible for the kidney stone. So I think he thinks that, you know, if we have sex in April, that means that, you know, (laughs) he's trying to kill me. But uh, well, now I'm just imagining, you know, like the Indiana Jones when they show the plane going across the different continents, like you know, the plane flying from Japan to my butt, you, yeah, to Florida, no, to Florida, and then you're in the hospital. I just see the plane going back to Japan. Is he yeah. like, oh, just just a couple of weeks ago, I was hanging out in front of the Nintendo store, not a care in the world. Yes, that's how, how many how many could we all know your, your husband loves the video games when this is all said and done. How many like uh, Lego dimension games has he earned for taking care of me? Yeah. Oh, all the games. Anything <gasps> I have. Oh, really? I have well, he doesn't play Lego dimensions, but he I <clears throat> I have something special planned for him. He doesn't know ooh, it. But ooh, I'm going to look into something as a thank you. He has been. Gone above and beyond, especially with the changing out the the packing, and I, I mean it's just it's gross. So um, he's and he, he's 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 amazing. He's absolutely amazing, and I don't know how I would get through that. How I would have gotten through this were he not here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than my other co-host Taffy Carlisle Huffington would have moved in with me, and it would have been misery. Oh, why is that? that? Oh, I, the, the, no, the, yeah, the Kathy Bates and. Uh, character um no he's just he's 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 amazing he's absolutely amazing and he's done he's gone above and beyond I love now, him. in the time in the time that you've been away have there been a lot of thoughts that you've wanted to share about rupaul's drag race you've missed two episodes i'm sure you've caught up in all the episodes you've heard all the other episodes that we've done all the patreon shows everything is there anything you're like okay i've been dying to get on the mic and talk about this um no not necessarily i am sad that i missed because I love the runway looks. That's always my favorite part. I am sad that I missed a show that was literally nothing but runway looks. Um, I would have probably had a lot of fun with that. You would have wanted to kill yourself. But I had a lot of fun with that. 
Um, I have a lot of feelings on the Vixen, but I feel like that's going to be kind of addressed while we talk about the show tonight. Mm-hmm. And I loved the lip sync last week. I loved uh, Monet Exchange's lip sync to the Nicki Minaj song. Um, okay. I also have one other thing that I want to say from a couple weeks ago that we sure. talked about. Um, <clears throat> and I know that you kind of talked about this on a Rulaska Thoughts to some degree, but I wanted to say my piece to it. Other mm-hmm. than that, a couple of weeks ago, we had a conversation that involved the whole Miss Vanjie thing. And I had very strong feelings about it. Joe had very strong feelings about it. And in the course of that, I made a comment referencing Andy Cohen. And between the RuPaul and Michelle Visage and Andy Cohen thing, we got a lot, we got, we got a, a large response. Let's just say that a very passionate response. And for people that I may have offended by the Andy Cohen thing, I do apologize if that is something that you have and have going on in your life or you have somebody in your family that was that, that was taking it too far i recognize that and it also took away from the argument that i was trying to make about rupaul and michelle so for anybody who may have been offended who's still listening i offer my heartfelt apology for that now let me ask you this question I, I, how many people out there do you think really have annoying television show hosts for relatives what do you mean i was making a j- Oh, because if so, so if like RuPaul's. Uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I I missed. I shoot over that. But okay. This week, Asia is upset that she helped everyone on the previous challenges, and the girls performed their best day drag in an army-inspired mini challenge. For this week's maxi challenge, the girls are forced to improv stand-up comedy on a fake talk show, and the vixens set Eureka and Aquaria up for failure. The girls don their best denim and diamonds couture, and Eureka is named the winner of the challenge, while Monet and Mayhem are placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Monet lived to see another week, while Mayhem Miller was asked to sashay away. Joe, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. I'm going to tell you two things I liked about this episode. I liked this Miss Cracker. All right? She was hilarious, as she always is. The, the moment when she... Um, when she's doing her bit and she says, I have a revelation to make. Not only am I dressed as a pickle, I am a pickle. Like I laughed. That was so funny. I laughed out loud. I love this absurd humor. So I loved Miss Cracker. I love that whole thing. Everything Miss Cracker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second thing that I loved. I actually thought it was a good challenge. And I'll tell you why. I mean, it's a challenge they would usually do. It's not that unusual. But this Ross Matthews is so charismatic and uh, so funny. Like, he was doing such a perfect blend. And I feel like a lot of our... If, it, if we still have any younger listeners who uh, are still listening after this gross discussion about surgeries and whatnot... Um, th- this is a perfect blend of Maury and Sally Jesse Raphael... Remember Sally Jesse Raphael? Oh yeah. So I got a little Ricky Lake in there too. There's a little Ricky Lake in there. Um and uh Little Ricky Lake, by the way, was my first drag name when I first started. <laughs> but um this uh when she was wearing those colored spectacles, that's one hundred percent Sally Jesse Raphael. I didn't the- that I didn't even put that together. I didn't yeah. put that two and two together. Yeah, you're right. And then, uh, then a lot of just like the, the stirring shit up was obviously Maury. But Ross was so good in his role there. 
Uh, I kind of wish Ross would have been on the judging panel so he could have given his two cents after being there. But, you know, the show makes no sense with that. But I thought the challenge was funny. The one thing I did not like, I wish I could say is one moment. But do we need to have a... And I know the gays might get mad. I'm sorry. Look, okay. Everything about Shania Twain was awkward. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. I figured we'd talk about Shania at some point. The whole exchange with Cameron Michaels was awkward. She's awkward. Um, You know, I hesitate to talk about her plastic surgery, but... Oh, is that what that was? Do you... Oh, do you? Don't you think she's had a ton of plastic surgery? I don't know if she's had plastic surgery or not. She just looks like she's gotten older, and you know, sometimes as women get older, their face kind of they almost get like a spread, like where their face kind of like their actual features get smaller, but the head gets bigger, kind of thing. That's sort of what I was getting from that. I mean, I'm sure she was Botoxed up. She looked pretty, but she didn't look like Shania Twain. I remember Shania Twain being hot back in the nineties. Yeah, she didn't look Shania Twain. But I just thought that five minutes ago you gave this heartfelt talk about Andy Cohen. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad. That's something That's that, true. I mean, naturally, sometimes women, their 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 face, they get, like, you know, they talk about the, the middle age spread as far as people get, when they get older, they get wider. Mm-hmm. It looked kind of like her face sort of did that. I, that, that. That was not a read. That was just a observation. Well, Shania Twain, just everything about Shania Twain's appearance was, and, and it wasn't just her, not her appearance, her physical appearance, but just she just didn't seem like she knew what the show was. It it like she was clearly clearly that she this is a popular show from my album, and I don't know. And we haven't seen a judge like that in a long time. I don't think she looked uh, scared. She looked scared. Yeah, she looked scared. Yeah. Uh, so that was the one thing I didn't like. What about you, Taylor? What are two things you liked and one thing you didn't like? I liked the challenge. I definitely liked the idea of the talk, and it definitely had. That very 90s feel to it, even from the way that they designed the set and just the, the whole thing with the audience and people booing and all that kind of stuff. It felt like something I would have watched in my dorm after school, after classes in college. Um, something else that I liked. I loved the Vixen's denim look. As much as I'm not a fan of the Vixen, I loved that look. And I think the thing that I was that I did not like was I was very sad that Mayhem went home. Yeah, Mayhem, I, think, I think a lot of people of my are, because I think they really expected a lot more from Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they're, I'm sure um, Morgan McMichaels is is pouring one out for Mayhem today. It's okay. funny you say that, because I was thinking about that, because like, I know that she's friends with all of those Mickey's girls, so I was wondering if they were posting anything or if they were with her or anything like that. Ironically, yeah. And you and I talked about this briefly today. I watched the movie Cherry Pop this afternoon, which I, I am going... I couldn't make it past the first 10 minutes. I'm but going to of, use... For, for those of you listening, before we say anything more, Cherry Pop is a movie. It's available on Netflix, correct, Taylor? Yes. And it stars Bob the Drag Queen. and well, It stars a, a people we don't know. But Bob the Drag Queen is in it, and who and uh, Tempest du Jour. Yes. And uh, who else is in it that we would know? Well, Detox is in it, and Mayhem Miller is in it as well. Oh, is she? Yeah. So it was funny that, I mean, I, I, I'm going to blame the infection kind of going up through my body, which is why I decided to watch this movie this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it's not – it's 75 minutes. So if you have, like – if you're sitting – waiting for your oil to get changed or something and you got your phone you can watch it but it's really not all that great um but it was funny that mayhem was in it and i i was just like oh i know who she is 
you know, whereas a couple of years ago when this, I think it came out 2016, I had no idea who she was, but spotting drag queens left and right now all over the world. Would you recommend this cherry pop to anybody? What would, yeah, you're seeing with you getting your oil change or something like that. I couldn't make it for, past the first 10 minutes. Here's the other thing about, about this cherry pop. I know this is about, we're recapping RuPaul's Drag Race, but I want to mention this now. Is I had seen a play. I can't remember what the play is, but it was the same premise. Okay. Straight guy. It gets wacky and decides to do drag and it interacts with all these freaky drag queens and the girl. They, no one can stop this amazing straight boy drag queen, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel Cherry Pop sort of the same premise, correct? Uh, he doesn't really get crazy. If anything, he's like literally the straight man through the whole thing. Um, but it was no, what I meant was that like the I don't I don't know I it just. I don't like this whole heteronormativity of, I might have made that word up, of trying to like, okay, we want to make a movie about drag queens, but God forbid there are actually drag queens in it. So why don't we, uh, why don't we then make it, why don't we just do this thing where like we bring a straight guy into this world? I don't know. It's very cheap and easy. I'm not a fan. I don't like it. And I'm denouncing it right here and right now. Taylor, put it in the book. You know the book that we got. I want yes. you to put in the book that I'm against this cherry pop. I don't like it. I also don't like this Bob the Drag Queen's horrible comedy special, Suspiciously Large Woman. Don't like that either. And you oh, know you what? Don't? No, no, horrible. And this Bianca Del Rio with that horrible Hurricane Bianca, horrible. I ha- I want to see a drag queen who puts out content apart from RuPaul's Drag Race that's good. I'm waiting for that. I'm dying for it. Thank you. After Dusty's elimination, the girls walk back into the workroom to get out of their drag. After some lighthearted discussion, Asia O'Hara confesses her frustration about her poor placement in the previous challenge. Well, I kind of feel used. It sucked because I put off doing stuff that I knew that I needed to finish to do whatever needed to be done in the room. And it was just like not a single person, not one time this entire challenge, ever came over to me at my station and say, hey, do you, are you cool? Do you need anything? Not one person. Tisha Campbell, I looked up to her so much when I was a kid. Who's Tisha Campbell? Tisha Campbell was the one, not the one in the yellow. No, I know who she is on the judging panel, but why, like, I thought it was one of those things when they were so excited for her that they were like, you know when they, like, like this episode today, when they cheer for the person, but they don't have no, they have no idea who she is, you know? (laughs) No, she was on Martin back in the nineties. She was she played uh, Gina, Martin's girlfriend. And then a stand up there and this <laughs> in front of her to have her like, tearing up because Tisha Campbell. Well, look at me and have something negative to say. Uh, y'all are standing there being showered and accolades by her. It breaks my heart. The next day, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. Now for today's mini challenge. I want you to drag up the contents of these government-issued duffel bags and transform yourselves into an army of fierce drag queens. And the most gag-worthy ensemble wins. Miss ADR. Um, RuPaul named the Vixen as the winner of the challenge before announcing this week's Maxi Challenge. Now, for this week's Maxi Challenge, you'll be appearing as... Crazy ass guests on the brand new daytime talk show, Bossy Rossi. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 Hashtag Drag Race. 
Ladies, this is your chance to show off your improv comedy chops. Now, you'll be working in pairs. The Vixen, because you won the mini challenge, you will choose your own partner and also pair up all the other girls. Now, Monet and Cameron, you'll be appearing in My Freaky Addiction is Ruining My Life. <laughs> the Vixen and Asia O'Hara, you'll be in Why Are You So Obsessed With Me? <laughs> Blair and Monique, you'll be in I Married a Cactus. Aquaria and Eureka, you'll be in Look at me, I'm a sexy baby. Ah. <laughs> Last but not least, Miss Cracker and Mayhem, you'll be in Save Me From My Deadly Fear of Pickles. <laughs> Joe, do you have any thoughts or comments on the uh, when they entered the workroom, the mini challenge, the maxi challenge description? What are your thoughts? Yes. Let me tell you what my thoughts are. One, this uh, Angel O'Hara... Like, look, here's the deal. This Bianca Del Rio, she helped everybody. Didn't stop her from winning all the challenges, you know? Why, why, like, I don't know. I, I found it very off-putting. Because one, two, when, when Asia last week on the main stage was talking about how she had helped everybody else with their costumes, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody did chime in and say she did. Right, I did notice that last week, yes. Yeah, it wasn't like she denied it, you know? And then to go back there and then blame them because her looks didn't work. By the way, the other thing, too, that is important to note is that the girls brought two of their looks already made. And then the third one, the Martian Eleganza um, Extravaganza, that was one they made there in the workroom. Right. Asia O'Hara's worst looks... We're not the Martian Eleganza Extravaganza. Like, um, you had the horrible brown one piece with the different colored balls. Oh, yeah. I forgot that about that. Yeah. Awful. And I don't know what, maybe you could say, like, well, she was going to improve on it when she got there, but like, what would she have done? I mean, just the whole concept of it was terrible. You know, I can't remember what her um, Miami summer realness look was, but. Um, I remember just not liking her looks across the board. There was a, right. a, a taste level problem there. So it wasn't just like she was in the bottom because of her Martian eleganza extravaganza. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had some weird balls theme going along the whole time. And even that was stupid. A lot of, a lot of just the concept was not good. It looked and- unfinished. If she had got, had time, if she had given herself time to finish that look with the balls, mm-hmm. it would it could have been really, really cool. Maybe, but the point is, like, then don't help other people. I, if yeah. you, I mean, if you do, then you just, it's on you. It sounded like she was blaming them, so I wasn't a fan of that. Next, on the mini challenge, I feel they often have these mini challenges where you can't tell who the winner's going to be just so they can name whoever they want to be the winner. Like, uh-huh. the Vixen looked great, and there were some obvious pe- obviously people who weren't that great looking, but there were some, I, there were some that, like, if, you would, if they would have won as well, I would have been, okay, that's fine. They didn't really make it clear what the criteria was. Okay, but I'm fine with the Vixen winning. She looked fantastic, uh, for especially for like quick drag. She looked great. But what I think is great is that this during this um, uh, when she you know one of her prizes for winning the mini challenge was that she got to 
uh, assign the roles, and she's going to be a bitch, and she's going to put Eureka and Aquaria together as a ha-ha-ha-ha, let's see what happens here. And as we know, and we'll talk about later, it came back to bite her in the ass. Yeah, she got burned. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't really work out for her. Um, I, I, we've already discussed it. I liked. I actually liked the maxi challenge. The mini challenge. You know. You know. To be honest with you, the mini challenge was. It was fine. There wasn't. There wasn't super special and super awful. But I remember there was a season. I can't remember which season it was. It may have been eight. Um, when that when they did a mini challenge, they were awful mini challenges. You remember this? Yeah, I feel like that's season eight to me. But like this is, I, I feel like the mini challenges that they've had this season so, so far have been across the board pretty good. And I thought this mm-hmm. was a pretty good mini challenge. Was it the most memorable mini challenge of all time? No, but it was decent. It wasn't horrible, and it was a fun mini challenge to watch. And I'm sure it killed in the bar. So overall, A plus on the mini challenge. Not a plus. A on the mini challenge. And I like the cha- the main the, the concept of the maxi challenge. That's my thoughts. Taylor Latte Boy, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I agree with you on the Asia thing. I think for her to come back in and blast everybody felt very Alexis Michelle. Why did no one tell me? Oh, you know? you're right. It was yeah. very, very Alexis We're, we're going to deflect out on everybody else when we realize that we fucked up and it's too hard to recognize that. Um, I also liked, I, I kind of liked the mini challenge. It wasn't, I'm not, I'm never really a big mini challenge fan, but. I, though I did like the chocolate bars one from one of the weeks that I missed. I did yeah. I did like that one. Um, but I, I disagree with you that I feel like it was pretty clear that Vixen was the front runner for the winner for that. I think of everybody, she seemed to look the part and she seemed to have the confidence to be where she looked like she was, you know, drag military. And I, I almost said uh, to Babalu that she won out of all of them when they all came out. The mm-hmm. only one that I think could have possibly given her... Some uh, some uh, competition would have been Cameron, I thought, cause especially because Cameron is so buff with the muscles and all that kind of stuff, and doing the doing the push ups and everything was that was the one thing that I thought that could have gone either way. Well, it's not that I thought. Just to be clear, I didn't think the Vixen shouldn't have won. I was just like, there could have been a few people who could have won. Oh no, I didn't say that. I, I would you Stop just said putting that, you words know, in my mouth. <laughs> it's that you said that you know sometimes people. It's hard to tell. They kind of edit them so that you can't really tell who is the winner. But I felt like they, they, it was pretty clear that Vixen was the winner. I didn't say that she didn't know. I think she did deserve to win. It's so funny because, uh, I told you this earlier this week, but, um, I'm going to be intentionally vague here, but you know who I'm talking about. But, uh, a per- as an important person, we'll say, I'm going to put it like that, a VIP, I wouldn't say very important person, an important person who, um, has contacted us and about the show and blah 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 blah, and he said I'm going to go back and listen to some of your old episodes, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, okay, you know, just FYI, our show is not safe for work, all right, and I think this is going to be a very safe for work episode because like, I, I'm sure there are episodes where like we talk about like what's funny is in the conversation I was saying the our audience runs a gamut from like 13 year olds to 60 year olds you know right I was, I was specifically talking about how we have a lot of younger people who listen teenagers uh and we have you know I was naming we were having a conversation about that mm-hmm. and then later on I'm like just so you know I mean like it's not safe for work I mean we will we will talk about like Fisting and water sports and like 
fucking fat guys and like rolling them in flour just to find you know finding the wet spot to know where to fuck it and stuff uh, like that. And okay. and uh, which Babalu should not do that with you because bad things can happen. Because what if he mistakes? Has he has he yet to mistake your wound for a fuck? No, Jesus, no. It's in the front. Do you think that would be hot if he fucked your wound? No. Oh my god, no. No, that and that has been an ongoing joke from that from the David Cronenberg movie Crash, not the one with Matt Damon and all that, but the one where the people would have sex in car accidents and Rosanna what? Arquette Oh, you don't know about this movie? Okay, no. this movie was this movie's from the mid-90s and it's called Crash and David Cronenberg uh directed and wrote it and everything and it has James Spader and Holly Hunter and Rosanna Arquette this is the most nineties movie ever, just for him to cast. Right, right, and it's where people get aroused by car crashes, so they crash mm-hmm. into things, and then they have sex. And the first, like James, Sp- in the beginning of the movie, James Spader is driving along, and he hits somebody head on, and the guy flies through the guy, the guy in the passenger seat flies through the windshield and dies. And James Spader looks up and Holly Hunter is looking at him and she's driving behind the wheel and she rips her top open. And there she is with her with her boobs out and everything. So they eventually have this weird like sex thing. But Rosanna Arquette has scars that are kind of like stalking um, seams up the backs of her legs and she has to walk with crutches. But she has a scene where she's having sex with somebody and she's saying, fuck my scars, fuck my scars. So occasionally just to make Babalu cringe i'll say that under my breath while he's like you know working on my gauze and then he thinks it's gross that and when i ripped off um the maxi pad of you know gunk and everything i folded it up and i handed it to him to like the the clean part to throw away because i'm laying down at this point and i said something along the lines of now go throw away mama shame because it looked like a bloody maxi pad because it was Okay. Later in the workroom, the vixen and Asia decide to impersonate two other contestants for their improv scene. Cameron Michaels struggles with her words, and Blair and Monique come up with a safe word for their improv scene. I think we also should have a safe word. So if you feel like I'm doing too much, I would like if you threw out a word. What's a word that would work well in this scenario? That's a really good idea. Vangie. That's the safe word. Vangie. (laughs) (laughs) See, if you're like this on set, we're going to be unstoppable. Okay. On the Bossy Rossi show, host Ross Matthews interviewed each pair of queens. Monet Exchange struggled while Cameron Michaels brought her Willem realness. Mayhem and Cracker struggled at first but ended strong. And Blair St. Clair and Monique Hart brought the house down with their safe word. I'm gonna have to throw him out. Uh, oh, Vanjie! Later, the Vixen and Asia struggle with their surefire hit sketch, while Eureka and Aquaria, who the Vixen thought would fall, crush the entire competition. Eureka, Aquaria thinks that she is the sexiest baby in the world. Ross, baby, I think she's wrong. Oh, honey, no, that's not true. I look like Linda Evangelista. I'm a model. I could walk on this runway in a diaper and they would eat me. 
Joe, what are your thoughts on the clips on the Bossy Rossi show? Did you have a favorite performance? How about a least favorite performance? Okay, well, I've already said that I loved Cracker as Dr. Dill. Okay. Okay, let's get, let's get that out of the way. But there was any controversy. But when Eureka walked out as that baby, I mm-hmm. thought that was so funny. And once again, I was imagining how fun it would be to be at a crowded bar and that's on the TV. Eureka walks out as the baby. They must have lost their goddamn minds. Yeah, that was so. And she was so funny as the baby. By the she way, she went a hundred percent. There's once you're literally out there in nothing but a diaper. There's nothing to do but go big or go home. And she definitely pulled that off. Yeah, but also it's one of these things where this Aquaria has such a banging body. I, I just I'm. Aquaria, I just live for her. I love. I think she's so fucking cute. Okay. I thought she would Taylor. I thought she was so cute as that baby. Like I was just uh, thinking, what a hot fucking baby. Okay. Aquaria okay. is. Okay. I was looking at her in a fucking just diaper, and whatever other things she was wearing, I didn't pay attention because that baby walking around in that heels. You she know what? Pacifiers over her nipples. Well, I'll tell you pasties. what. Did she really? Yeah. Oh, you know what's so funny, and and, and I want to use this here, is this Blair St. Clair. Again, like I said, I've talked about this before. A lot of people thought, oh, Joe's going to love Blair St. Clair. She's a little twink, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not throwing any shade toward Blair St. Clair. She just doesn't do it for me. I could see she's a cute little boy or something like that, right? But, like, that's – I don't necessarily like little boys. I don't know where this thing started. Let me get this out there. Oh, how how, how nice of you to – I confess that you are not about little boys. Yeah, no, I like, like, the, like, my ideal is, like, the, like, Sean Cody, like, guys in their 20s jocks. Okay. Sense? Or they could be, if they're the bottom, they could be guys in their 20s slender. And I feel that's what Aquaria is. Okay, you know? I was going to say, because Sean Cody and Aquaria, that doesn't really mix. No, 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 no. Sean Coat, no. Aquaria is definitely very helix. She could also be in Next Door Studios, you know? I, th- I feel yeah. Next Door Studios brings Helix and Sean Cody together. You can have either of those mixed yeah. together sometimes. Um, so if you had to pick, Sh- okay, if, if you like the, the jockey guys, yeah. if you had to pick Sean Cody or Corbin Fisher, which site would you if you could only have a membership to one and you couldn't get videos from the other, mm-hmm. which of those two would you pick? Sean Cody. Corbin Fisher, I don't know what it is. Not that I hate them. There's just something I – but the, here's my problem with Sean Cody. It's the same fucking video every single fucking time. The same – God, I mean, the same positions. Am I wrong? With here, Sean Taylor? Cody or Corbin Fisher? Sean Cody. Oh, yeah. No. Well, I mean, yeah. After years of perusing their site, yeah, it is kind of – they are sort of the same scene it's every week. The, the two guys, then they talk, They have like this like, ha, 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 where we're not really gay, but we're gay, but blah, 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 conversation in the beginning. And then they do like push-ups or something or measure their dicks. And then they start making out. And then they, um, one blow, the, the bottom blows the top, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe the top blows the bottom. And then um, 
then there's this fucking and it's different fucking positions like from behind on the side and they always end missionary uh end of story off the ottoman <laughs> yeah so it Sean Cody is always in the same fucking room. It's like it's you can literally just you just swap the people out, you know. But uh now what I like about this next door is they have ridiculous storylines. Mm-hmm. And I just so amused by how horrible the storylines. And I think that they're aware of how bad the storylines, and they almost do it to make themselves laugh. Cause I feel okay. next, yeah, I feel like next door has really, really crazy, stupid. Like it'll be like Oh my god, my stepbrother lost the remote control. Cut to we're fucking. You know? And so yeah. uh that's what I like about next door studios. Thank you. That's my I I I do want to tell you I wrote my college thesis on this. It's illumination. No, wait, I'm not done talking. <laughs> now let me tell you this. That was that. Now the Bossy Rossi show, I like the Eureka. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about no, Okay, sorry. No, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 no, it's all right. So Vixen Asia okay. Okay, then the Vixen in Asia, we need to talk about because this is all right here. Um, they decide that they're going to impersonate Aquaria and Cameron and Miss Cracker and how people always think they copy each other. Mm-hmm. You know? How horrible was that scene? It was bad. It was really bad. We should go through them. I have a list of the scenes here. Okay, we can go through them. Then yeah, yeah, we yeah, can... yeah. Just like, give like quick notes, you know, quick thoughts. Okay. Um, so Blair and Monique I thought was funny. Yeah. Yeah, Blair Blair and Monique was was good. It was Blair and Monique was very safe. It started I off thought. shaky, right? It started off shaky, but then it got better. And when they got to the Vanshee part, it, it it finished. It had a good finish. Well, and I will say this, and this is something you and I talked about earlier today. I've been catching up on the rumor mill. Uh huh. And uh, this is episode five, and and because it's now we're past episode five, it's not a spoiler anymore. You had said that Blair goes home in episode five, so I was expecting her to be really bad tonight. So then when she did really well, I was like, oh, or she she did well enough. And then especially when they said she was safe, I kind of went, oh, okay, well then it's going to be somebody else. Uh, I think what I was talking about, just to be clear, was we knew Mon- we knew the rumors are always that. Mayhem was going to go home. That's um, not what you said on the first couple of rumors. Girl, I can pull up receipts on the first girl, couple. Girl, I was listening to it today so because I knew today was episode five, and they were you were saying Blair St. Clair goes home in episode five. No, because there's okay. Hold, hold, please, hold. I host a show, so here's what so everyone listening is. There's a list of people who are going to go home in what order. Okay, and now oh, you know, I don't know when, but again, I don't know what episode you're talking about here. But there's been a list. And what's been interesting about the list is that every two has been switched. So in the original list, it was supposed to be that Cam, uh, I'm sorry, Calorie Kardashian Williams goes home, and right. then uh, it was supposed to be Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. It was switched. Vanessa went home, then Calorie went home. Right. Then it was supposed to be Dusty Ray Bottoms and Yuha, but it was switched. It was Yuha and then Dusty Ray Bottoms. And right. with, but I feel like it's always been known, but again, I don't, I get the rumor mills mixed up. So I don't know which one you're listening to, but I feel that list in the middle has always had mayhem going home today. And then next week, you can't say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's always had mayhem going home today. 
Okay. But I, but I, well. could, I could be wrong. I, I, sometimes You know what it is, too? Is we're reading things from the master Reddit spoiler list. Mm-hmm. And different people say different things. Um, so... I don't know. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, the point either, is... Either way, it it made it a little bit more dramatic for me just knowing, you know, now that I've dipped a toe into the rumor mill, yeah. thinking that something was going to happen that ended up not happening. Well, that's been happening the past few weeks because of the of the switches. Uh, but uh, anyway, so the Vixen... But the Vixen Asia were terrible. Yeah. That one was... That one was not good. And then... But Blair and... Mo- but what did, what did you think of Monet and Cameron? I, th- I thought... Monet should have been in the bottom for her performance. I didn't think it was very good. Um, she got props for looks in that because she looked like a girl that would have been on Ricky Lake or Sally Jesse Raphael mm-hmm. with the spandex, you know, the mini skirt and all that. But I, I was pleasantly surprised with Cameron, how well Cameron handled everything as far as she kind of definitely picked up, picked up the slack and was very funny. Um, yeah, but still, it's still Cameron getting uh, a very, very... Uh, non-existent edit. I mean, this is the most we've seen of Cameron. We got a moment with with her where she couldn't put her words together. Uh, yeah, we, we were forced to watch her in this bit where she was just what she was fine, but you know she's very like uh, Willem slash Chad Michaels realness. And then um, and then she had that moment with Shania Twain that was awkward, not because of Cameron. I think Cameron was fine, and I think what Cameron said was perfect. It's just Shania seemed very uncomfortable hearing it uh, from her. Did you agree with that? Yeah. But Shania, as we said before, Shania seemed uncomfortable with everything. Yeah. And then what did you think of Mayhem and Cracker? Were you, as we know, I liked it. And I, and I actually thought Mayhem was better than they said in the judges panel. What did you think? Yeah, I don't think they gave Mayhem enough credit. Um, the, the pickle thing where she reached into the box, that was kind of funny. That could have gone, that could have gone even dirtier, I thought. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was good. Again, it was good. It was it was better than Claire Blair and uh, Monique. What about um, uh, Vixen and Asia? No, we said they were horrible. horrible. They were definitely in the bot. They should have been in the bottom. And too. Aquaria and Eureka. What did you think? I thought Aquaria and Eureka was really good. I get that on one degree. Um. I get that really you're you're doing this for an audience of one, which is RuPaul. Uh, so I I because I know this was filmed last year, mm-hmm. and I'm I can't imagine this all being Drag Race fans. This feels like this is somebody that was taking a studio lot tour that said, "Hey, do you want to be yeah or a part they, of this they, they, the they, show?" Or they were walking so, down Hollywood Boulevard and just grabbed them. Yeah. Right. So the whole um, I look like Linda Evangelista. I can walk out here in a diaper. I feel like that probably they probably added laughter to that because I can't imagine that reference necessarily being as big of a deal to that crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just me. I think you're but, probably right. I, I think they sweetened that one up. Yeah, but I also think that you know, Eureka came out and she slayed. She she did amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big deal. Would okay. You and I are both bigger folks. Would you be willing to go out in a diaper? I wear I weigh 130 pounds, so let's get that straight. <laughs> well, like I said, you're a big fat pig, so mm-hmm. you know, at 130 pounds, do you think that you would be willing to go out in a diaper for something for comedy? No, good, good. no, 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 no. Okay, it's elimination day, and Monet is worried about her status. The vixen actually wants to be judged. 
and Eureka and Vixen address their issues. I've just kind of given Vixen her space so that she can make her own decisions on what direction our friendship's going to go in, if so at all, to give her the power and not try to be controlling and et cetera, you know? Okay. And I assume you hear, you hear that, Vixen, Vixen, obviously. Vixen, how do you feel? Um, I haven't decided how I felt yet. Now, everyone, I'm going to stop because it's a very, very, very long clip. We're going to yeah. do this untuck style where we stop intermittently. Taylor, I can't see you, so... I'll just stop here every so often. But um, it's one of these things where we, everyone should know what the scene is in case you don't remember. It's, they're in front of the mirror. It's Eureka, Mayhem, and the Vixen. And you're and they've been talking about it. And Eureka, I feel, is putting the olive branch out. Do you feel that way, Taylor? What are your thoughts? Yes, I do. I think that she is, she is being very uh, acknowledging that... She's got, she's got, she's got a, she's trying to catch a squirrel, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And any sudden movements are just going to start this all over again. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I think I saw, I wouldn't say a different side of Eureka, but I definitely saw the side that I was trying to avoid. And so now I got to decide what is actually genuine. Well, I understand that. In my defense though, I didn't say anything to tear you down, but you did me. Um, You said you were tired of listening to me talk. Well, I said y'all. No, you said me. I wouldn't have taken offense to y'all. Okay, well, I can't rewind to make sure, but if that's what you heard, then I believe that's what I said. Now, that feels like the biggest cop-out I've ever heard about. No, I mean, I'm, I'm saying I believe that's what I said. Honestly, the moment was so much. By the time it was over, I was kind of like, what the f- even happened, you know? Obviously, I pissed you off. Okay, your thoughts on that? Okay. Any, up there, up there. Um, I think that Eureka making that statement, you know, I don't remember, but if that's what you, you know, ultimately, <clears throat> there's your your version, my version, and the truth. So if Vixen's version is, I heard you say, I'm tired of hearing you talk, and Vixen is trying to acknowledge that. I don't remember saying that, but I'm not saying that I didn't say it. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that the whole see now that feels like a cop out. That's sort of where you're trying to you're not you're she's she's trying to reach out to you and you're just kind of slapping the hand away. It it felt very just it just felt very manipulative. It felt like very I've got to come out on this right. I have to come out of this victorious sort of thing. Um at least that's the way this initially felt. I I it was it, the whole the whole thing is just sort of oh it's 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 frustrating what because you weren't here last week what were your thoughts on the fight last week in untucked and, and how vixen has been because it's been a couple of fights in a row that you've missed well i think that vixen is trying to be the bully and the victim i definitely feel like she is where <clears throat> we're doing this thing where we are just trying we're, we're you know if you come for me i'm gonna lash out at you meanwhile i'm doing all of this emotional manipulation and i'm putting people together that i don't think should that are not going to do well together and i'm and i'm start i'm stirring all sorts of shit up but then when you come at me then all i'm going to do is i'm just going to keep screaming and screaming and screaming and not let you get a word in edgewise and not let you talk about yourself because i you know i'm i'm just this victim and now i'm now i'm going to be portrayed as the angry black girl and you know you can't keep coming at me the whole thing is just there's no way out unless a queen comes to her it feels like in in the way that she's been portrayed up to this point unless a queen comes up to her and begs her forgiveness i don't see it going i i think that she just would 
I don't know. And I think that even then, if somebody came up to her, if Eureka came up to her and said, I am so sorry. I am sorry for what I said. It, I was out of line. I was upset. There's no excuse. Da, 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 da. She still would have made her twist in the wind for a while. Because mm-hmm. I think that's just sort of who she is. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. That's as intensely as you retaliated and you mentioning that you already thought you wouldn't like me because of last season. So when it comes to that, I mean, I've had to deal with that from a lot of people. Not just you. Like, my career, I was literally like... I mean, I was beat up by my dad, people in school, other football players that I played sports with constantly because of my personality and because I was too much and too flamboyant to this. And I silenced myself for a long time and got to a really dark place. So when I found drag and I found like my voice again and my personality and I started to flourish, it got a little out of hand. Now, I want to stop right there. Now, I think it's genuine what Eureka is saying. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but do you think it's a little manipulative for a Greek to go like, I was bullied? But what's yes. funny because I, because I think the manipulation works here. I feel like she struck a chord with the vixen here at this moment. But go ahead. What were you thinking? No, I, I it just felt kind of out of left field. Like, we're not talking about your childhood and playing football and all that kind of stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know where that's necessarily came from. That almost felt like a producer manipulation. I don't know if a producer, I think Eureka's aware that the cameras are right there filming and she knows this, a moment like this is probably going to make it on screen. So now she's trying to tug at the heartstrings of America. I think she's a little bit more savvy than we think. But it, it, And we it, also don't know how long they were sitting there talking either. That's true too, but it it, it 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 the way it's edited then, I'll say that. It looks it looks like it came in 45 seconds into the like like why are you talking about oh, this? Yeah, how did that how did that come in to play, you know? How, where did that come from? Oh, let's move on. I can feel what Eureka's saying about feeling like she wasn't heard. When I started my career, I didn't feel like I could speak out or speak up. There was a long time, most of my drag career, I was just trying to show up, do, get my money and leave. And then I decided that, you know, with the current climate that I needed to start speaking up. So I like lean into saying exactly what the f- I think, which is why when somebody pushes, pokes the bear, that's why it goes from zero to a hundred because it is still new for me. And I don't know how to get to 50. I want to stop there again. So, it, when I've thought about the vixen over the past few weeks, I've, I've thought of a, of a of a Martin Luther King Jr. quote that I want to. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not getting it correct, but something along okay. the lines of talking about riots is that a riot is the uh, last. It's like a scream from the people who haven't been heard. Let me see. Let me see if you can find. You know, there's this thing called Google. Taylor, I don't know if you ever heard yeah. of it. But I think I'm familiar. Yeah, and. Um, Okay, I found the quote, Taylor, from Google. And okay. it's Martin Luther King Jr. He said, a riot is the language of the unheard. Okay. And that's what I feel the vixen is. I feel the vixen, every time we see it, because a riot is essentially the, you know, a, a group of people who are essentially, you know, going 100, you know? Right. And I feel the vixen is is a, is a riot in a person. It personifies a riot. And she just, so when she says she can only go 100, when you have this lifetime, and we don't know what the vixen's background is, but she's given us a little peek here, where you feel that you haven't been heard, then the only way you know how to be heard is to scream and yell and stomp your feet. And I'm right. not saying that that forgives it, but at least it helps me understand it. 
And if the vixen okay. wasn't so fucking cute in my eyes, I would not try and understand her. Do you think the vixen will eventually have a mirror moment where she breaks down? I don't know. I don't know. I think this is the closest we. I think this. I think the vulnerability we saw tonight was the closest we've seen so far. And I. I don't know if she has the emotional tools to allow us to see more than what we saw tonight. Okay, that's a fair answer. Okay, let's, let's, let's carry on. Okay. Unfortunately, you know my damage next to Eureka's damage does not mix well. <laughs> At this point, all we can do is move forward. I would like that. Um, I know we're not at a hugging point, but we can do maybe a handshake or down. I don't think we need physical confirmation. <laughs> no? I mean, just like, I'm a, I'm a physical person. I don't want to, like, put a bow on it because I you know, still have my reservations. But, I mean, for now, we can at least get along and keep moving forward. That's all I need, honestly. Well, just know that my friendship's here. Okay. You know? So, whatever direction that goes in. Quick, somebody change the subject. I'm tired of this mushy. Taylor, any thoughts? Yeah, that 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 last segment speaks to somebody with some definite damage that needs some repair. You know, where we're we're not to the point of where we can even shake hands, and then the whole like change the somebody change the subject. You know, because I feel like Eureka was being very genuine and saying. Whatever happens, you know, I'm I'm here waiting. You decide when when, when you're going to do something or if you're going to do something, and I will be here waiting. Mm-hmm. So I think for her to kind of put herself out there, and then the response to be, "Okay, I can't talk about this anymore. We need to we need to change the subject, and I can't shake your hand." I, that just speaks to somebody that's very scared. Yeah. Over on Patreon, last week I recorded a three-part series that dissected all 33 looks from last week. Evan and I covered the breaking news about Tyra Sanchez and the leaks that have been occurring on Reddit. Taylor made a surprise guest appearance on RuPaul Radio, and a total of five special shows were released. This week, Evan and I will discuss more rumors, tea, and speculation over on the rumor mill. We'll do a deep dive into the episode on Rulaska Thoughts, and who knows what will happen on Patreon. To listen to all of these shows and everything else we've released, head on over to patreon.com slash dragracerecap and join at the $1 or $2 level. That's patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Okay, so now let's get to the looks. Well, Joe Batanz, you're looking awfully blue tonight. Hey, these jeans are actually a relaxed fit. But on my body, they're form-fitting. Yeah, there's a... Well, look, for most people, they're relaxed fit. But on me, they're tight. Let Let me show you, Taylor, right here. Look, look how tight these jeans are. Oh, well, that's very tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember Bugle Boy jeans? Oh, yeah, I had Bugle Boy jeans back in the 90s. That's what I'm wearing. So, Those very oh. Bugle Boy jeans I wore in the 90s. 
So it's good that you're we, we did a show where the theme was '90s talk shows. Mm-hmm. That's why you're wearing bugle boy jeans. I'm wearing Excellent. bugle boy jeans and and British and BK shoes, the British night shoes, which I wasn't allowed to wear. Because even though I grew up in Orange County, California, which is about ninety percent white, my mom was <laughs> my mom was convinced that if I wore British night shoes, that I'd be shot because it stood for blood killers. Oh, okay. I just I just always just wanted the red swoop for the Nike, but I never got them. Not until I was in middle school, but in. You know, like fifth grade and stuff. That's what I wanted. When I was that was in that was in the eighties, though. That wasn't the nineties. But when I was in junior high or fifth grade or whatever, I would get those uh, Air Jordans every year. I get okay. a brand new pair of Air Jordans for like my birthday or Christmas or something like that, or when school started. I don't know something like that, right? Can you imagine if I would have not worn those and just kept them? You know, those Air oh, Jordans. Oh God, those old Air Jordans are worth a ton of money. Oh yeah, yeah. But we didn't know that then when we had shit like that. I always wanted guest jeans. Oh, you did? And <clears throat> when I was in seventh grade, which would have been about 1986, I actually got a really good report card. And my dad, I would get something if I got a good report card. And I said I wanted guest jeans. So they had light blue guest jeans. And I remember the little, there was the patch, the upside down triangle. Mm-hmm. And then the question mark at the bottom of the upside down triangle was like a Kelly green. I always remember that. With my IOU sweatshirts. And my Z Cavariccis in the 90s mm-hmm. right. that were probably like olive color or like mustard color. And I had the big chunky shoes with all the buckles and stuff on them. I thought I was the shit. Is bum equipment still around? I think it like Walmart. Or like raw stress for less. And yeah, you maybe see bum equipment all over the place too. Maybe because kids just wore yeah. shitty clothes, but bum equipment. Did you ever have the shirt that would change color due to body heat? No, I, I don't even know what you're talking. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. No, they were sh- they were shirts that were they were one color, and then depending on where you would sweat or where you were hot, the color on the shirt would change. So my roommate's uh, girlfriend had one that was always pink, but then certain parts of it would change green. If she was out, like, working out and stuff. Which is kind of gross because it would be, like, green under her boobs and, like, her armpits if she went for a jog and stuff. But And then her back would be green. What the fuck was going on in New Jersey in the 90s? No, this was Florida in the 90s. This was Florida. So. All right. Well, the category this week, now that I've embarrassed myself in my fashion choices, is uh, denim and diamonds realness. So everybody, pretty much with the exception of a few people, wore blue denim. With lots of rhinestones on it. So the first one up is Monet Exchange, who had on uh, what kind of looked like was chaps, denim chaps, and a and a top. And she also had on like, you know, almost like a bodysuit underneath with fishnets. The look was sloppy, as far as I'm concerned, and it had fringe. And uh, I give this look a boot. What say you? I'm going to tell you something. Before I say anything on any of these looks... I hated the looks challenge. I didn't like this. I don't like. I didn't like it either. Most yeah. of them were kind of not well, my not a good deal. I don't like denim and diamonds. No, no. That feels very nineties. But I do like that song "Leather and Lace" with uh, Stevie Nicks and. Uh, I love that Don song. Handley. I absolutely love that song. Okay, boot. so next up, boot. I'm sorry. Next up, we have Cameron Michaels, who is wearing a chest plate with big boobs. And she is in uh, a kind of a, she has a 
train behind her. Uh, she's wearing dark denim. And she also has on lots and lots of rhinestones. Uh, big blonde hair. I give this look a toot. It's okay. I mean, I give it a two insofar as probably as good as you're going to look on a denim and diamonds challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up is the Vixen, who wore something kind of glamorous with, a with again, with chaps or a chaps-like skirt, but it was mermaid. Mm-hmm. It was a mermaid tail, and she had on a silver bodysuit underneath. She had uh, a great collar and a very 50s-style kind of almost Marilyn Monroe hair. I thought this is probably the best we've ever seen the Vixen look. Um, I I loved this look, and I would give it a toot. I'll give it a toot. Okay. So next up is Asia O'Hara, who came out wearing a fringy, a fringy dress with big, huge shoulder pads. She talked about Tina Turner, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome realness, which I didn't like this look until she said that, and then I decided I love this look because I love that look on Tina Turner. Um, so I will give this look a toot as well. Toot. Okay. So next up is Aquaria, who came out with a big blue fan and a blue baseball uh, cowboy hat. She had on a kind of a little showgirl uh, outfit with fringe on the bottom, wearing blue and silver on top. This look was whatever. I, I give it a boot. I didn't really like it. It, it's weird. Can, can you see me, Taylor? Kind of, yeah. So, like, I just took a sh- picture of the screen with my phone, and mm-hmm. an Aquarius head looks gigantic in my picture. It I don't know what does look gigantic. I don't know why. I don't looks, know why. Yeah, it, looks, it looks almost like I photoshopped it on. Um, I love the hat, and I love the top, but I hate everything on the, from the waist down. Yeah, it kind of looks like a muppet. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a boot, but I do love okay. the hat. So next up is Eureka, and Eureka is wearing a Elvis-inspired bodysuit that is dark blue with uh, a pattern that is supposed to be slimming going down the middle of it. She has a big buckle and she has big, a uh, uh, big collar and big uh, uh, the things that go around your wrist. Not bracelets? bracelets. No. The end of a shirt. Cuffs? Cuffs. Thank you. I'm sorry. It's been a long day. Um, and then she has big red hair. Uh, I At first, when she came out in this, because, I mean, wearing a bodysuit, it was just sort of like, whoa, when she came out. But the more I looked at it, the more I actually kind of liked it and appreciated it. Mm-hmm. So I would give this look a toot. You know, Earl, from, at, at some point in the show... Um, it someone walks down the runway and um someone shouts out uh like uh, they say Suzanne Sugarbaker baby Suzanne Sugarbaker saying that that's Blair St. Clair who's next um i feel like Eureka looks like a Charlene from Designing Women now no no, she doesn't. Jean Smart looks nothing like that. She looks like Winona Judd. Well, don't insult if you've Eureka seen, that way. <laughs> I was going to say, if you've seen Winona Judd lately, yeah. now we'll get letters. <laughs> I know. We're so going to get letters. I'm the vice president of the Winona Judd fan club. How dare you? No, okay. it's going to be like, how 
dare you apologize for Andy Cohen and then say that Eureka is fat. I'm never listening to the show again. Which I when they when they write that, I'm like, did you listen to other episodes? I, I feel we're like 20 times nicer now than we were three seasons ago. We are. We are. So like if you made it to here, what why is that the proverbial straw? I don't know. Anyway. All right. Okay. Next up, Blair St. Clair, who came out with, uh, she was the baby Ju- uh, Suzanne Sugarbaker with the big hair. And she almost looks like she's wearing kind of like a cardigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has on a bra, a rhinestone bra. And then it looks like a denim skirt. I did not like this look at all. I give this look a boot. I don't like the look, but I love the wig. The wig is fun, but it's, you know, it wasn't about the wig. It was about the rest of it. Okay. So, <coughs> sorry. Next up is Monique Hart, who came out wearing multiple patterns of denim and then giraffe, which she thought was a brown cow. Uh, it, I, it was a little too much going on here. I feel like it, especially when she took off the jacket and then she was only wearing like the rhinestone thigh high boots and the belt uh, or the, the brown cow, or sorry, the giraffe. It just felt like it, 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 she kind of took away from the uh, challenge. So I have to give this look a t- uh, boot. Okay. I'll give it a boot too. Okay. Next up is Mayhem Miller, who came out in a pink uh, country and Western type outfit with a white cowboy hat. Apparently the pink was denim. I would challenge that up close because it didn't look like denim to me, but I wasn't there. Um, rhinestoned and she has, she has long brown hair. I kind of liked this look just because I was so tired of blue at this point. It was nice to see a different color. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also get the juvenile comment that Michelle said. So I'm going to give this look a toot with reservations. Uh, I kind of feel like, again, I know a lot of people in the audience get mad when I say this. I sort of feel there was a little rigor morris. Michelle's really close to production and knows they need to set up a narrative where they send Mayhem home. This is my feeling. Shut up. Okay. Get, if you don't like it, get your own show. That's what I'm going to say. Um, Thought you were talking to me. No. People get so mad when I say that, that the show is like not necessarily a fair competition every week or that they think that Rupert... I don't even get into it. But okay. um, I sort of felt like there was nothing Mayhem could have done. That um, that doesn't mean that for sure Mayhem's going to go home, but they need to build that narrative, and there was nothing building that narrative because she did fine in the challenge, and so she she needed to come after her on the runway look, and because mm-hmm. I feel like I see what you're saying, but I feel there were messier looks and with more problematic areas. And, yes, uh, I would agree with that 100%. And I think Michelle thought she was going to get her on the material, and it didn't work because we could take Mayhem at her word that it was denim. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there were more problematic looks. So, yeah, definitely, there were a lot of messy looks this yeah. week. Denim is not something that necessarily you can do a lot with. That it's not going to look messy the more you add to it. Yeah. So, finally, we have Ms. Cracker who came out serving uh, classic double value meal realness with her pippy long stocking pigtails and light pi- light pink bodysuit that was rhinestoned. And her little buck teeth. Mm-hmm. I thought this speaks to kind of who Miss Cracker is. She is telling who her she's telling her story through her drag, and I really like this. I give it a toot. I give it a toot as well. I did like it. I liked it very much. And that was fun. All right. All right. So those are the looks for this week. All right. Yay. Yay. Okay. Back on the main stage, 
Ms. Cracker, Eureka, and Monique Hart were praised by the judges, while Monet, the Vixen, and Mayhem Miller were not so lucky. In the end, Monet Exchange and Mayhem Miller were placed in the bottom two and forced to engage in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song? Let's go, girl. Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. took a traditional approach to the song, while Monet took a humorous approach. In the end, Monet Exchange was told to stay, and Mayhem was asked to sashay away. Joe, any final thoughts on the episode? I do have final thoughts, but I want to hit the chorus here. Okay. It's the best part, right? Yeah. This is my go-to karaoke song. Okay, so here's my here are my thoughts. Okay, I felt it was a very serviceable episode. It was a good, solid episode. It was and look, I never felt during the ninety minutes that I was bored. I will say that they filled up the ninety minutes very well in this episode. Did I think it was the greatest episode of all time? No, but that was a perfect. Why are you being so negative? I know, but I felt it was a perfectly serviceable episode. I do have a, a couple of stray thoughts that I had took notes on during the episode. Okay. It had to do with the beginning, so I. I now that I think about it, I probably should have just mentioned this at the beginning. But did you notice that RuPaul's suit when he walked in the workroom matched the walls? So he just looked like a floating head when he came in with the I, mini challenge? I noticed that there was some weird pattern. The pattern last week was horrible, the one that looked like a 70s carpet. Yeah. But the. I, I, and it was kind of on my TV, it was hard to decipher what anything was but i guess that makes sense i mean those walls are not real walls they're fabric so i guess he could have said make me a suit out of this yeah it looked really weird like the 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 suit like strangely a clash yet mixed in with the wall it was super strange and then i had also a joke okay you know the military um uh the the army theme the military theme right Mm -hmm. what do rupaul and the military have in common what they don't let trans people join Oh. <laughs> what about you, Taylor? Any final thoughts on the episode? Um, I was not a fan of Monet's lip sync. I, I thought that it was last week when she did the thing with the where she pretended to jump into the guest. That was a gimmicky thing, and that got her through the one week. But for her to do that again, plus with the weird, like, Emo Phillips red hair and then, like, ripping off her clothes and it, it, it the spraying her hair, it, the whole thing was just an odd performance. It was just kind of very, look at me, look at me, I'm a bag of tricks. Which I also get that she wants to stay on the show. 
Did you get the but, impression that the wig was supposed to be a reveal later and she accidentally took it yes. off? Yes. Yes. I thought the impression I got. Yeah. So But otherwise, I mean it's it was a good episode. It was it was it was fun. It was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny when, like, this time it was funny when Michelle was making Rue laugh with the Vanjie. Yes, it was very funny. It wasn't offensive at all. No. It was, it was very, very funny. Um, because Vanjie's not standing right there in front of her. You're laughing at her when she cries. I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm being, I'm being Um, snarky. Other than that, there wasn't anything. I'm looking at my notes right here. Um... We covered the Nick Vixen and Eureka. We covered Vixen and uh, it seems like Vixen seems to be the center of all the the drama. And we covered that. I think it was a very serviceable episode. I, I, I think I'm very, very. Uh, if I was a fan, if I was, I think it would have been a very fun episode to see at a bar. Yeah, I think I think some, especially some of the scenes in Bossy Rossi would have been a lot of fun to watch. Okay, those are my thoughts. All right. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us this week and every week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Season 10. So, for Joe Batanz and myself... Are you going to say it? Or do you want me to say it still? Oh my god, girl. Sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance, that's J-O-E, B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 